Welcome to the uh, first night of Connect, and three things we want to learn for you to connect, to connect to Christ, to connect to the church, to connect to the community. Why don't you do that with me? To connect with Christ, to connect to the church, to connect to the community. Christ is our salvation, that's the gospel, that's where it has to start. The church is the discipleship, that's where it continues, and then the mission is our community that's around us. And so, and with this about connect, why are we doing it so differently? Well, one of the things is we want to connect you with relationships. See, God never meant for man to be alone. From the very beginning, man had a relationship. The first relationship that man had was with God. God created man in his own image. And then immediately he gave him responsibilities. And then he created uh, Eve. A woman to have a relationship with. Relationships are who we are. Connecting and having relationships with people is a big part of who we are. A lot of times, unfortunately, in churches, um, you can have different things that can happen. And one thing is sometimes people will go to church and be very ignored. They don't feel connected. Um, and one of the things that we wanted to do was for you to be connected with People not just with me, or not just with Drew, but with some very godly people that you could connect with and continue to grow in your relationship. Another thing we want you to do with this is encourage your friends and connect with them. If you, you know, at the beginning of August, we gave you a, a, a card that you're to write five friends that you know did not know Jesus Christ and be praying for them. Those are people I would be targeting and encouraging them to come and be a part of Connect. So tonight, we're going to start with our first part, Connect with Christ. Drew will be preaching next week. And uh, so tonight, we're talking about Connecting to Christ, part one. And if y'all turn with me to your Bibles, 1 John 4, 7 through 21. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. I always put the verses on there. Uh, that way, you can follow along. People always ask me what type of version we use. That's why I always put it on there. You'll always see that I use the ESV because that's what Brother Randy uses. And I always like to be synonymous with the pastor. I think that's always a good thing. Beloved, let us love one another. For us, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. And anyone who does not love does not know God. Because God is what? God is love. In this love of God was made manifest among us that God sent His Son into the world so that we might live through Him. And in this, <clears throat> and, and in this is love. Not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the provision for our sins. He paid for our sins. Beloved, if God is so, is so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and His love is perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in Him, and, in, and He in us, because He has given us His, what? Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son, to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, God abides in Him, 
and he in who? God. So that we come to know that uh, know and to believe the love that God has loved for us. God is, and whoever abides in love abides in, and God abides in him. By this his love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment, because as he is also, we uh, also we are we in, in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfected love casts out fear. For fear has, uh, has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a what? Liar. And for he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love a God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Woo, a lot of verses. We're not going to be able to cover every verse exegetically. Um, so we're just going to, um, we're going to get the main theme of what we're trying to do here. And one is to connect to Christ, this salvation, this Savior. And I wanted it more than just a gospel story. I wanted you to understand where the gospel story comes from. Why is there even the story of Christ coming for our sins? Why is this even happening is because there's a God who is love. Because, see, what we deserved was punishment for our sins. What you deserve, I love how everybody says, we need to be fair. Well, if God was fair, we did not deserve anything that we have, got, uh, that we have been given. So we need to understand, where does this come from? Well, this comes from God, and we're going to look at this. And so we're going to ask the question, what is love? And so the first thing we have to look at is God's love versus the world's love. Because, see... You come in this building tonight, you come in this very room with a very corrupted idea of what love is. You have been, your, your idea of love has been corrupted by media. Your idea of love has been corrupted by, by, by people. And so we, we have this funny way of love. So first let's look at God's love. God's love is this fancy Greek word called agape. So say that with me. Agape. Greek had several different words for love. We only have one, but agape is one of them. Agape is a self-sacrificing love. Uh, a simpler phrase is God love, godly love. Is that God love, that self-sacrificing love, is agape love. Um, the Greeks also had the word phileo, phileo which means brotherly love. Uh, eros, which is romantic love. And there's a few other um, words in there, too. There's a word for family. There's a word, I mean, they had several different things of love. So sometimes when you see love in Bible, you have to always kind of see which one it is. Okay? So in this one, this is agape, God's love, self-sacrificing love, godly love. means that you begin to see others as God has seen them. Then there's the world's love. World's love is going to be selfish. Our self-fulfilling type of emotion. No, notice I, I, I didn't even use the word love. Because it's not love. It's emotion. 
And, and one of the things that, you, that we're going to go further in is because unless you have been a believer, unless you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you might be able to demonstrate a loving act, but you truly don't understand what love is until you have been loved first by God. And so in this, uh, you have selfish and self-fulfilling types of emotion. Let me just tell you guys, you know what this is about. You know what this is about. You see it almost every day at school. I'll love you if you give me one of your Doritos. All right? I love you. Girls, unfortunately, you hear this probably more than boys do. I'll love you if you'll do this for me. Then that, I'll love you. That's not love. That's selfish love. That's fulfilling love. That's doing, any, that's doing everything that love is not. Or some of you might have experienced this with your family. I'll love you if you accomplish all these things, then I'm going to be proud of you. And as soon as you fail, I'm not proud of you anymore, nor do I love you. Again, that's world love. But see, we don't have a Father who's in heaven, God, with that type of understanding. We have a God who's in heaven who is self-sacrificing love, who is love, who is true love. One of the things that we have such problems is when we talk about the gospel, we're talking about this perfect love and God and Father to a very broken world who relates it to their very broken Father and their very broken idea of love. And so when we're going to where this is, we have to understand, man, this is the world's thought of love. If you don't believe me, turn on the media. Look at what they think love is. Look at what things to, uh, what people watch and what you think. So this is lo- so so these are the two loves that 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 we're going uh, that are being combated. So we're going to need to see what is God's love and what does God's love do. So as we look at this agape love, this is a theme of the Bible and can only be defined by the nature of God. And John affirms in 1 John 4, 8 that God is love. God does not merely love. He is love. He doesn't just merely show an action of love. He is the actual being of love. Everything that God does flows from his love. So first thing we're going to look at is um, so what is love? So God has, dem- God has done some things to, to define this for us. So the first thing we're going to do is God's love is delivered. God's love is delivered. He gives us a formula in these first few, in these first verses. He says, beloved, let us love what? Okay, we're going to try that again. Beloved, let us love what? Love is from And whoever loves has been born of and knows. Anyone who does not love does not know because God is. So there's a formula here. God's love is delivered. First, it's delivered to others. It's delivered to others by followers. Are they behind each other or I'm going to have to wait? Okay. To others by followers because of God. I'm going to go back and finish that statement but let's do it one more time god's love is delivered to others by followers us because of god where'd you get this 
from the exact verse we just read. It says, love one another. Love one another. Why? How? Who? What? We can love one another because God first loved you, and because of God's love, you, the followers, can love one another. You demonstrate love. You show love. You delivered love. You deliver love to those who are around you. See, it says that this is a, a, this is a, a, a picture of life and fellowship with God. Love is presented here as a result of, not a precondition for being born of God. In other words, it's a result of what God has done for us. Because God loved us, we then now can show love to other people. Unbelievers, people who do not know God, can love others to some degree, but not in the way that God's indwelling presence enables Christians to love those around them. Cannot do it without God being there and say, hey, you know, I'm following you. And because I love God, I can fulfill the two greatest commandments. Love God, love others. The two that flows, because of God's love, it flows to us. And so we see here that God is love. The person who lacks this love shows himself to be unchanged at the core of being by the gospel message. When those who are not changed by love, those who do not demonstrate of love, they've never been changed. So this is why we say, so how is God's love delivered? It's delivered to others. By followers who are connected to Christ because of God. Not, by, not because of your power, but because of God's power, because of God's love. See, I think that's the beauty. When we begin to understand what it is to have a relationship with Christ, we begin to realize that Christ literally does everything in the relationship. See, there is nothing you can do to work towards being in in a relationship with God. You can never be good enough. You can never go to church enough. You can never serve enough. And, and I know we, we want to, we, a lot of us, we, we come into the sense tonight and we want to appease God because we see God sometimes like that parent in our, fan, in our relationships that we know that will never please. And some of you want to please that parent so bad that you unfortunately have placed God right there, and you think, if I can do all these things, that He's going to love me. I'm fine. You don't have to earn His love. It is freely given to you. See, there's nothing that you can do. And see, and when we demonstrate that love to others, when we begin to deliver that to others, it does something. It begins to show them who we are. But when we act unchanged, then we do not, then we demonstrate that we do not know Christ. See, here's the deal, guys. Loving others does not mean what what some of you are immediately going to think. Loving others does not mean that you glaze over their mistakes. Loving others does not mean that you're just going to Get along with everybody. Loving others means that you are going to love them in a way 
that demonstrates the love of God? The God who loves us, does He give punishments and consequences? Yes. Not saying that that's what we do, but there is accountability in our love. There's assurance in our love. There's assurance in our love, and there's accountability in our love. But God is love. And we have this unrealistic idea sometimes of love, that love means that I have to just be okay with your sin. That is not what the Bible teaches. But the Bible does teach that I'm going to love you, and I'm going to care for you, and I'm going to allow and show you what, who God is. Because I cannot change you, and I cannot fix you. And a lot of you want to fix your friends. Let me just tell you, you're never going to fix your friends. You can't do it. I love in the 80s and 90s, one of the big things is, uh, the youth pastors used to do this. This is a huge thing. They don't know Jesus, bring them to church. If you bring them to church, if you just give them to the door, we'll do the rest. No, sir, you can't do nothing. Because it's not your job to convince them or convict them. So God's love is delivered. God's love is demonstrated. God's love is demonstrated by the Father, by the Son, by the Holy Spirit, and by the followers. I'm going to talk fast and I apologize. So, I don't normally preach like this where I have these things back to back. We usually take them slowly, but, but they kind of go through a pattern here. The first thing we see out of the verses is, is the Holy Spirit. That the, because God's love is demonstrated by the Holy Spirit, the presence and the activity of the Holy Spirit within a follower are the evidence that they are of God. See, when, we, when, when the Holy Spirit is actively being a part of who they are, we actively begin to know, okay, they are a part of the Holy Spirit. They are a part of God. They're a part of the body. And they're demonstrating that through the things that they live and they say and they love. It's not just saying words, but it's also demonstrating actions. See, this is why we have to be so careful. Because, see, a lot of you know all the right things to say. And a lot of you know how to do all the right things in front of me. But what are you thinking? What are you doing behind the closed doors to demonstrate the love of God? My son, this Sunday, is going to get baptized. And me and him had a huge two-year, three-year conversation of this. Because I don't believe in magical prayers. I do not believe in manipulation. So my son was given all the tools of what the gospel is, but on his own one night, he had been praying for God to forgive him of his sins. And then as the Spirit was leading him, he said, you know what, God? Just take control. This is a nine-year-old. Why? Because he was given all the tools and what... I didn't tell him what to say because I've told him, he'll tell you, my daddy always says it has to be my faith, not his faith. Exactly. So the next morning, he runs down and says, Daddy, I feel loose. And I said, what do you mean loose? That's weird. He goes, since I was one year old, I have felt tight. But now I feel loose. I said, what does that mean? He said, I asked God to, uh, to come in and forgive me, but then I realized he wasn't in control of me, so I just let him be controlled. 
Savior and Lord. What does the Bible say? If you confess those things, you are saved. And all of a sudden, he said he felt loose. Some of you need to get loose tonight. You've been so tight by the world, and you need to understand what that control is by God. Because a lot of us are trying to live our life, and that is through the power of the Holy Spirit. And see, and I saw something very different in my son, and it was very evident what was living inside him because he went from death to life because the Holy Spirit brings into the life. See, a lot of us, we, we want to make it sound like dead men can be uh, dead, dead men can be walking and dead men can grab onto the boat and pull themselves out and, and we can make the decision to be back alive. We cannot. We are dead and we're at the bottom of anything that we cannot grab onto anything. It is by, only by the grace of God. It's only He who saves us. There is nothing that you can do to do that. So as the power of the Holy Spirit is, deli- is demonstrated by that, it was de- demonstrated by the Son, it was demonstrated by the Father, God loved you so much that He sent His Son for you. It was demonstrating that. God is not a God of cheap words. He's a God of great value of words. His, he does not give you cheap grace. He gave you very expensive grace. He gave you costly grace. He gave you life. He gave you His Son's life. See, God put His money where His mouth is. Lack of better words. And Jesus did too. And then He says, because of these things, now, as a demonstrator of the Father, the followers, us, who claim to be Christians, we must demonstrate it. And it it goes on a lot further. And it says, because we love because He first loved us. And if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, if you have hate in your heart, if you have, demonstra- uh, uh, if you have racism in your heart, if you, if you ignore people, if you think these things, if you do not show the love of God and how you do and show the change of God, then he says, if you love, if you say you love me, that you are God, but you hate, you do not know him. And he says, Be- why? Because my spirit showed love the father has showed love by sending his son to die my words are not cheap and neither can yours so in any of this in this commandment we have from him whoever loves god must also love his brother this is huge because he's saying this some of these people their first experience sometimes with god is with you And let's just be honest. I'm going to say this one quick thing, and it'll be seven, and I'll pray, and then we'll dismiss to our groups. This week, we got to show love to people who never, who, who were not believers. We had a lot of first responders and rescuers, and a lot of them said, and they told me over and over again, Pastor, I'm not a believer, but I do believe in one thing. And I said, what's that? I believe in what you're doing you're so nice. You're doing these things. He began to see the love. One day, one of the lost people, uh, one of the guys who were rescued, he did not know Jesus, and he came in, and he had pulled out a body that day from the flood, and he was crying. He, he yelled. He said, hey, he needs a pastor. I need a pastor. I need a pastor. So I came, and I said, hey, buddy. That's all I said. Next thing, he's grabbing onto my... To, to my um, shoulder and he's 
he's crying, he's weeping. And I'm holding him. I said, you need to talk. You know, when he finished out, he went, I just did. He said, I've never felt that comforted before. He said, you have something. I don't know what it is. Well, we got to talk about what that something is. But that would never happen if we didn't begin to demonstrate what love did. Why? Because I cannot do any of that unless I'm connected to Christ first. And because I'm connected with Christ, I can connect to others. Tonight, guys, you're going to talk about this subject a little more deeper. You're going to get to meet your connect leaders, and you're going to connect together. Because why? We want to connect your friends to Christ. Because, see, they're already connected to you. So let's connect them in who Christ is, where we can then connect them to the church to disciple them. And that's including you. You disciple too. You don't wait till you're older to become a discipler of people. That's, that, that's craziness. You disciple now, and you should be well taught in the youth group how to do that. And third, we're going to connect back into our community to serve others. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to dismiss you to your small group time. Holy Father, we love you.